Right, hey, before we get into it today, I'd just like to thank the blokes and ladies that keep the lights on here, our sponsors. Better beer, jogging a can, winning a 10, the athlete's choice. Look, no matter what sort of beer you drink, they've got you covered. Go check out their whole range. Country Trucker Caps for keeping our domes out of the sun with all their deadly designs. TikTok Nutrition for keeping our bodies fueled with the good stuff. SP Tools for giving us the best tools for all our projects at home and on the work site. And the True Blue Aussie Book. Kill them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first, the boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Alpha Blokes podcast. This week we've got Steve O from Jackass, and the motherfucker shows up an hour late with food and starts eating. So here we are, an hour and a half after we were supposed to start recording. And yeah, well, how's that for an intro, bro? <laughs> that is good. That here is to good. give the everyday battler a voice. Delete head noise one laugh at a time, bros. That's our little uh, motto that here we, we use. Go. And, uh, mate, better beer. Everyone out there, if you're going to rip into a beer this weekend, make it a better beer. Jogging a can, win the tin. But, um, Wait a second. That doesn't say zero calories, does it? Or yeah, zero man. carbs. <laughs> zero <laughs> like carbs. Okay, what the hell is a killer jack? I have no idea. Killer jack? <laughs> killer right, jewel. It's kgs, right? Like in, in America, we have oh, calories. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. understand calories. I think it's calories there too. 87 of them. I think oh, it's wow. in a can. That, yeah. That's a pretty it's small not too number. Bad. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Call the athlete's choice. <laughs> yeah, 4.2% alcohol. Man. Yeah. No, I always I said uh, Bud Light. I, 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 I don't know why they call it light because you got to drink way more of it to get drunk. Yeah. You yeah. Pee, pee way more. So yeah. you're carrying around way more. Definitely. So yeah. why it's Bud Heavy. Yeah, yeah that's right. Bud Heavy. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. now they're in all kinds of trouble because they linked up with the trans uh, the, community. The, tra- the trans community. Yeah, hasn't that kicked up a big stink? I mean, That's... dude, like the the the, uh, the market cap, meaning like the value of Bud Light. It's Anheuser Busch is the company. I don't know if that's the the company, but apparently Bud Light's market cap uh, is, is reduced by seven billion U.S. dollars yeah, over right. over. Wow! From that campaign, 
I don't even know what it was. I mean, the campaign, like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But how, <laughs> how hateful. Yeah, that's right. Right? I mean, can you imagine it mattering to you that much that, that transgender people not get any support, any, any, any love, any, like. Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, that, I, it, it borderline makes me ashamed to be, to be American. Yeah. And with that said, I'm American and British and Canadian. Yeah, right. So you got a passport for all three, do I you? I have all three. Yeah, and cool. wild. Yeah. You're wild, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. see, I was born in England, which makes me British. Yep. Mm. My mother was born in Canada, which makes me Canadian. My father was born in America, which makes me American. Wow. There you go. What a combo. So Triple do you, national. Do you try and travel to all three pretty regularly? Or? I travel everywhere regularly. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Big everywhere. part of what you do now, man. I mean, yeah. Um, Touring is kind of my, my bread and butter, man. Yeah, well, now, like, that's obviously a big talking point at the moment, bro. How are you finding Australia? Uh, I, I mean, I love it. And as we sit here, it's uh, one week before this is released, give yep. or take. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, man, I, I'm so grateful for the love Australia has for me. Mm. I, I keep saying that I wish they loved me this damn much in America. Well, man, it's a pinch me moment for us two sitting here because we oh, grew up in our high school years watching Jackass and that was just the fucking, you know, that's all everyone talked about, man. Well, it's, I, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy that... Uh, definitely a household name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. It, it's crazy that given what we did... You know, like with Jackass, just the nature of it. Yeah. That we got any kind of mainstream exposure to call it a career to mm. begin with. <clears throat> and then now it's endured for like, it, it's just about 23 years since Jackass came out, making us like officially a multi generational <laughs> yeah. personalities. Yeah, how crazy is that? I'm like that the, the Matthew McConaughey character in the one movie. Like, I get older, they just stay the same age. Like, I got little kids coming up to me. Like, mm. like oh, why, why, why do little kids know about me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's um, right. Yeah, that's right. you age well, mate. What are you, in almost 50? Almost 50, I'm pushing 50, man. I'm, and you uh, still look 40. Uh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That, that uh, That's a subjective thing, but it's a, <laughs> it's a kind thing to say. I appreciate that. Um, I'll be 49 in uh, about a month and a half. Yeah, right. There you go. There yeah. You go. Man, how's uh, how's the bus life treating you? Because you're still getting around in the <laughs> bus, or? Man, I'm going to give something away here. I, uh, <laughs> we, we, we had the, the bus, which we had problems with on the first tour. And the fact that there was a first tour compared to a second one, I should explain that. I was supposed to do my Australia tour in February and March of this mm. year. And it was so wildly successful before I even got out here that they they said, hey, what do you think about booking an encore tour? And I was like, all right. I committed to the encore tour before even getting out here for the first show of the initial tour. So I put your balls on the line sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I rolled the dice. I yeah. committed to it. And, um, you know, the, it was phenomenally successful that whole first month. And then I went home for literally less than three weeks before just turning around, coming all the way back to Australia. But during that first month over February and March, we were traveling in a tour bus. Everybody told us, do not 
They, they don't do tour buses in Australia. You yeah. gotta fly everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, dude, I love tour buses. So, yeah. so we could rent this bus. We, we rented the only tour bus that was available for rent in all of Australia. And that fucking thing broke down on the, <laughs> in the middle of the highway. I'm hitchhiking to get to my show that night. Oh, true. Still broken down the next day, six hour drive to the next show. So we jump in a fucking cab. <laughs> <laughs> we had the meter running in a taxi cab, like a 13 taxi cab mm. for fucking six hours. Oh, late. Okay, name that Price is Right. Okay, how much do you think six hours in a 13 taxi See, cab? I can't cheat. I would have done a deal video. for you, mate, so I don't know. I think it would have been close to two grand, wouldn't it? Yeah. Over two grand. Yeah. There's two, I don't understand how it works. There's two numbers on the taxi meter. Yeah, and, you right. got, and at the end of the ride, you got to add the two numbers. The top number was 1,900. The bottom number was 500 something. So it was 2,400 mm. total. Yeah, right. What's some of the price to pay to get to the show, dude? Yeah, 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 that's right. Making it happen. Yeah, proper pro. What's uh, (laughs) what's uh, some of the fun shit you've done in between shows, man? Since you've been here, have you have you Uh, had the time to do anything or see anything? I've been pretty active. Yeah. I mean, in general, I'm pretty active. Um, On uh, the first tour, you know, like we were recording podcasts. We did the one with. Alexander Volkanovsky, love that guy. Yeah, yep. such right. a rad dude. Mm. Um, Andrew Santino was out here filming a movie with uh, Zach Efron and John Cena. We did a podcast with him. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm always skateboarding. That's a big thing. We linked up with Nitro Circus R. Willie. Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You didn't end up hitting the ramp I on the track. I didn't because I, I have a real habit of getting hurt before I get off the ramp. Yeah. So the airbag is not even in my equation. equation. The ramp <laughs> thing getting in there. Yeah. 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 Um, now th- this tour, I've been like so active with my Instagram stories since it, the first day in Darwin, like I, I looked up at the roof of the hotel and I was just like, man, it's like a three story roof. And it was just perfect for, for doing a flip off the roof. So I figured out how to climb up on the roof and did a flip off the roof into the pool. And that's like me getting back to my roots. So yeah. <laughs> it might not be the most impressive thing, but, it, but it, for me, it was just so special to be pushing 50 years old, and doing three-story gainer flips <laughs> off of yeah. hotels. And uh, then the next day was skateboarding. I filmed skateboarding. And then the next day, there was a guy who made a Rubik's Cube portrait out of me like he twists rubik's cubes and makes like there's like a it was over a thousand rubik's cubes and all built into a portrait oh yeah, wow and and to, to make a big over. art piece sort of thing yeah and yeah. they oh, tipped it over sick. onto me wow and that was cool and yeah. then uh, today i, I did uh, oh and then there was another day i tattooed uh my signature on a guy because he had literally a whole leg sleeve of just portraits of Jackass cast. Well, wow. it was me and Knoxville and Bam and Ryan Dunn and Pontius, like covering his whole leg. Yeah, I was like, "You, sir, I will give a tattoo to." Yeah, Definitely. fuck yeah, man, yeah. that's awesome, eh? So yeah, we've been pretty active. I just got done giving a tattoo. That's why I was so late. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, my buddy done Latham. Well. Yeah, my buddy Latham has this uh, this condition that uh, causes his bones to be like ultra brittle. Mm. So like he like he has broken bones hundreds of times. You, you wouldn't say how many bones he's broken because he's broken so many of them multiple times. You have to just say that how many times he's broken bones 
in general, and yeah. it's in the hundreds. So is it like a um, bone density, like really? I don't know what I don't. There, there's the man. I, I I don't stand a chance yeah. of remembering what yeah. it's called, but he's just the sweetest dude. And yeah. um, I, I met him online before uh, coming out here, and I promised him I'd give him a tattoo. Yeah, and I only I did one the too. outline on the first. Fresh, yep. Then I just today I came back to it and filled it in with colors. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Man, what a memory for him, eh? That's, well, he'd be pumped. That's, that's yeah, awesome. and then, then we tried to get his dick sucked. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, dude, how about this place, man? We, we, we type in, we're in Gladstone right now. Is that yep. where you guys yep. live yeah, in Gladstone? Yeah, yep. Is yeah, it Gladstone or Gladstone? Gladstone, Gladstone we call yeah. it, but yeah, Gladstone for you, I'd, I'd say. Gladstone. Yeah, yeah, Gladstone, right. there you go. So my buddy's, my buddy, we're, we're doing the tattoo with Latham. You know, he's like perched in a chair. I mean, he, uh, he, he, he's like wheelchair bound and like, you know, like, like clearly, they're, you know, they like, he wouldn't be able to have sex, even though it's his it's his aspiration. Mm, yeah. But he needs like a special thing to hoist him up if he's gonna try and bang a hooker. You know? mm, like a sex, yeah. a sex so, swing. Yeah. Right, sex winch, yeah. Sex, <laughs> sex, you know, sex swing. Sex swing, that yeah. would probably do it. Yeah. He, uh, so we settled on just trying to get his dick sucked. My buddies Googled Gladstone brothel and like listings popped up. Yeah. They don't, you, that doesn't work in America. They're not going to, you can't type in the city and then like whorehouse <laughs> yeah, and yeah, have yeah. listings. Probably. Like, so brothels are legal in Australia. Is that it? Yeah, yeah they, they are. are. Yeah. And a lot of the major cities, I don't think there's any in Glasgow. We used to have one here behind the airport, but it shut down a fair while How's ago. How's this? They had a deal there for a pie, a can of Coke and a blowjob. I think <laughs> it was 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's epic. <laughs> Um, the, the, the tattoo guys who set up the hotel room for they're all from Rockhampton. That's yep. where Latham lives. And um, the, the, the tattoo professionals were telling me about Rockhampton that like somehow they, uh, the city allows for uh, one brothel. that you can legally license one brothel and like the local Catholic Church apparently bought the permit. To make sure that there could oh, be. Oh, it didn't no, happen. Didn't oh, happen. Yeah, uh, so they bought the rights to the brothel to not open it so that nobody <laughs> can get their dick sucked. Oh, wow. Well, well, too bad they didn't buy it in Gladstone. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Man, with the um, with your live show and your tour, what gave you the idea to start it, man? Like to, to go and do it? Well, I mean, like, I. Uh, I'm just an attention whore, and that's what <laughs> motivates everything I do, no matter what. Like, yep. my uh, career, like, in a professional sense, my career began as a clown in the circus. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I went to uh, this clown college in the States and um, ended up working as a clown. So, like, the kind of live performance was my, my first profession. Yeah. And um, my last day working in the circus as a clown was also my first day filming Jackass, the TV series. Oh, okay. Like, quite literally, the last circus performance that I had, Knoxville and everybody was there filming, you know, I did my fire-breathing backflip off the top of the stepladder. Yeah. You know, like, the that's a clown making kids cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
I went and um, washed off my clown makeup that last time and left with the jackass guys and like a half hour later I was when I was picking up the goldfish. Yeah. I was like I was literally like 30 minutes out of clown makeup. Yeah. Like when I picked up that goldfish and like the rest was history. But um in fairly short order when um when jackass came out this guy got a hold of me um, he was a rave promoter from Cleveland, Ohio, which is every bit as random as it sounds in Australia. <laughs> yeah. And he said, hey, man, like, um, uh, I, I'm throwing a party in Cleveland. He just got a hold of me. He calls up. He's throwing a party in Cleveland. He wants to fly me out to Cleveland to attend his party. He uh, will get me, he'll fly me back home the next morning, I won't even be gone for 24 hours, come to a party, and he wants to pay me $700. And at the time, I'm a principal cast member on what is not only the biggest show on MTV, but the highest rated show in the history of MTV. Yeah. And my response to this guy was, don't just give me $700. I will light myself on fire. <laughs> I will chew and swallow glass. <laughs> Let me earn it. And so I go flying out, and, and he's got Bam there too. Same price, well, seven hundred yeah. bucks. Like, I mean, it's, and Wee Man was there. Yeah. This was in January of two thousand and one, and I remember that night I gave Bam uh, like a half of an ecstasy pill. It's his first time. And I remember he was like, dude, I can't believe you took one and a half of these. <laughs> and, you know, plus I think I snorted crystal meth and like, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I was just out of my mind. Yeah. And um, I, I think the sun was coming up by the time I managed to fall asleep, which I somehow obviously did because the guy finds me under his kitchen table on the floor with some random chick yeah. the next day. It's like 5 p.m. the next day, I think. And he's like, hey, your flight departs in an hour. Do you want to even try it? And I kind of rolled over and said, ah, nah, fuck that, you know? So now I'm stuck at this guy's house in Cleveland. And I finally get up, and, and it's January, so in America it's cold. And we yeah. walk across this bridge over the, the Cleveland River, and I see that it's partially frozen. There's, like, patches that... And I look down at it, I go, dude, I'm not leaving Cleveland until I get a pair of ice skates and skate around on that river until I fall through the ice. <laughs> and for, and uh, we found a tutu for me to wear. And uh, it, for, like, I did it the one day, and I wasn't happy with the footage. Yeah. It wasn't good enough for me. So I, stayed and, I ended up staying for like a week. And before that week was over... Uh, I'd kind of like just bonded with this random rave promoter guy. Yeah, right. I remember him asking me too. He's like, hey, so when do you want to get home? And I was like, oh, I'm kind of into this chick, you know, so I'd like to be home by Valentine's Day. I flew out there on like January 25th. I mean, it's like three weeks away. And yeah. I got, that's how much I had my act together. Like I like, kind of like to be home <laughs> and by Valentine's Day. It's so absurd. And then and we kind of schemed a little bit. And what this guy did, the next call I got from him was, hey, like, um, I, can, I, can, I can get you paid to show up at a spring break destination. 
like March, you know, spring break is like big thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and all I got to do is show up. Show up there just going to say, Steve-O from Jackass is at this nightclub during spring yep. break. Appearance fee. Right, appearance yep. fee. And I show up and I'm like, dude, there's a stage right there. Like, there's a fucking stage right there, dude. Like, I'm getting on it. So I get on the stage. I'm, like, breaking light bulbs over my head and fucking <laughs> chewing glass in the microphone, slashing my tongue, bleeding everywhere, setting myself on fire, doing all this shit that I do. And and literally, like, at least a 1,000 people, like, congregated around the stage to just watch me do dumb oh, shit. shit. <laughs> and And this rave guy looks at that, and he's like, Dude, this is a tour. We have a show. Mm, so, yeah. so then that was the birth of my first proper tour, which I came to Australia with in 2004. Yep. Uh, there was the Don't Try This at Home tour. Yeah, pretty yeah, good. Fitting name remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was 2004. And then 2006, I had parted ways with the Shady Rave promoter guy. <laughs> and um, in 2006, Jackass number two was getting ready to come out in theaters. And you know, the just the the press machine was was kind of revving up for that movie release, and, and somebody got a hold of me and asked me if uh, if I would go to the local comedy club and perform a stunt on stage. The guy's like, "I've I've got the show. I'm promoting the show that night. It'd be rad if if I if you come do a stunt." Mm. And I'm all messed up on drugs, and I show up at the comedy club, no plan. And I walk in, and I'm like, I look at the stage, and someone's performing stand-up comedy. And I just thought, dude, the craziest stunt I could possibly do would be to get on stage and not do a stunt, but try to get people to laugh, you know. Actually I'm do it or stand up. It was, just the, it was just a zany, crazy idea, and I was like, that's my stunt. I'm going to try stand-up comedy. <laughs> and I'm all messed up, and the way it works at that, it's the world-famous Laugh Factory on the Sunset Strip. Um, and... and uh, you know, they, got, they always have, like, comedians basically do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. All... I've seen you on Kill Tony. Like, yeah. Where was that, last year? Uh, yeah, s- maybe it was in Austin, yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> So I get on, you know, I'm, like, waiting for my turn to get on stage, and, and um, I came up with one joke. And I got on stage. Like, I remember, you know, people were excited to see me because, you know, the movie's coming out. We'd yeah. had the previous, you know... We were six years into Jackass, so it was like, Steve-O, and so the, I, I got a pop from the crowd. And, like, I had the sense that they were rooting for me. Like, they all wanted to have a good time. And I get on stage, and, and I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm in the mood for a blowjob. Does anybody want one? And, like, <laughs> you know, and I, got, and I got a laugh, but I was, like, super stoked on that. And, like, I just got that one laugh, and I don't know if I said anything else. I just got the fuck off the stage. I was not on stage for more than three minutes. Yeah. And I just had a favorable experience. So that was 2006. I was like, man, I, I want to get into stand-up comedy. Mm. And I was in trouble with drugs and alcohol. It was after I got sober, and the third movie was coming out that I got into stand-up in earnest. Yeah. So that was 2010. And um, and I got into it properly in earnest, like every night in the L.A. clubs. And then when the Jackass 3D came out, I told Howard Stern, I'm like, dude, I'm doing comedy every night in the club, dude. Like, I want to get a gig. And I did a gig in New York that night. And then my lawyer calls up and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting comedy clubs all over the country reaching out, trying to book you. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm like, 
all right, fuck it. So I, that's when I started touring, did comedy club touring. And I toured comedy clubs for 11 years. It came out to Australia in 2000, 2011, just doing stand-up. Yep. And in 2014, just doing stand-up. And both of those tours were not successful. Yeah, right. People were not prepared for Steve-O stand-up comedy. <laughs> they yeah. wanted you to break glass and do crazy right. shit. Right, right. And, and I mean, it kind of... But in the States, in comedy clubs, comedy clubs are generally pretty small. You got like mm. 200 people. Yep. So that's a crazy thing here, man, is that like we aren't exposed to stand-up comedy in little towns like this. And I love it. Like, I love having a laugh, and that's what the show's pretty much about. Like, taking the piss and having a laugh, you know? Yeah. So, like, it'd be cool to experience that, but we aren't really exposed to it much. Well, we want to so, change uh, that, I think. Yeah. That's what we're trying to promote. Start, cool. to do, start to do a couple of events this year where we're bringing a bit of comedy in. And oh, so you're events. actually booking... Yeah, so um, we've in, got our in first June. live event coming up in a couple in June. Yeah, yeah. In do you June, guys so. perform stand up yourselves? No, nah, not yet, but I think it's something that I definitely want to give a go. You well, know, have it's a crack just, at it. Just man. never having the opportunity to, but now we've sort of built ourselves a platform where you can create those opportunities for yourself. Good man, so, um, mate. You were talking about the time when you got sober there. Between was it before Jackass it, Three? It was in between. Number two and Jackass 3D. One, um, one question I wanted to ask you was, doing those crazy stunts and loose shit, is it easier to do when you're fucked up? Because I can imagine, I don't know, like when you're dead sober, would it be hard to do that crazy shit? Or? It's, hmm, there, there's definitely plenty of stuff in the sort of my archives which uh, was possible because I was loaded. I wouldn't say that much of that stuff is uh, like happened under the Jackass banner because I think part of uh, Jackass, um, like sometimes on Jackass, we would be hungover. Certainly after all kinds of bits in Jackass, you know, oh, the, we would say, "Okay, now let's go to the bar." Yeah, <clears throat> but <clears throat> it was never it was never the spirit of jackass to film somebody when they're like heavily intoxicated. Yeah. You know, yeah. like hungover, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like heavily intoxicated. We, we we would have situations that were reminiscent of boogie nights where Mark Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. is all cracked out on meth and he's like, My cock's hard now, I'm ready to go. Come on, <laughs> come on. And and the director's like, I, I'm I'm not gonna film you in this state. Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> like that. We had those moments. Yeah. Where, like, you know, with Jeff Tremaine, our director, I'm not going to film you in this state, you know? Yeah. So, but on my own time, I was always making, like, I was always working on my own project, even when I was, like, super loaded. Like, the falling through the ice on the river. Yeah. Like, like, you can't show that on MTV. Like, I yeah. filmed that for my own Too Hot for TV DVDs. And on those DVDs, I did not have that sort of standard of, uh, yeah. you know. Like censorship I, sort of thing. No one was like, oh, that's a bit too wild. I, I didn't have censorship. I could show whatever I wanted because it was a too hot for TV DVD. And I didn't give a fuck how intoxicated I was on camera, you know, doing my own thing. Mm, yeah. So, like, when I had Ryan Dunn strangle me unconscious six times in one day. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, dude, like, I'm more intoxicated. There's no way that that would have happened if I was sober. Yeah. No, no way. That's go, go again, go again. Do it again, do, do it, it again. again. Like I mean, and every time it took me longer to wake up. It just got so dark. 
fucked. There, you know, That's there, <laughs> that is loose. There were there were a bunch of things. I remember being really loaded when I jumped out of the. I mean, like loaded for days. Mm. Uh, you know. When um, when I jumped out of the little water world airplane with no parachute into the ocean, like uh, that was a heavy one. There's a, there was a bunch of stuff that drugs and alcohol helped with. Mm. Um, sure, but what was your longest bender? I I don't know if I ever properly did four days, but I was no stranger to three. Yeah, mm, yeah, like my 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 routine from when Jackass started, and I would even like celebrate it. I've got a kick out of it. I was like, oh, this is how I live. Like two days on, one day off. Two days on, you know. Like <laughs> I would party for forty eight straight hours, yeah. and then just knock out for like twelve, eighteen hours, and mm. then wake up, yeah. and that would be like my morning, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. where like I have a decent meal and like. You know, Recuperate. smoke weed and, and like, you know, and then I'd start the whole process over again. So it was two days on, one day off, two yep. days on, one day off, and for years. Was that, was it you and the other guys as well in the Jackass crew, or did you sort of run your own sort of? I was the only full blown cokehead yeah. on the yep. Jackass cast. As the years wore on, um, certainly like, Adderall, you know, was mm. became popular with a lot of the cast. Um, there, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of pills going around, but um, I was the the only real street drug guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like I think there's something socially acceptable about a pill that has like a name that you can buy legally with a prescription. Yeah, Maybe that had something to do with it. But I was a street drug guy. Yeah, and. Um, when I got clean and sober, and then we're going to film Jackass 3D, then it was like a little bit different of a dynamic because I wanted so desperately to prove, like I was gonna be put to the test, you know? I was gonna be put to the test, and it was like, I was gonna be damned if sober Steve-O was a pussy, you know? Like yeah. I had to like, it, it was, and it was just pressure that I put on myself. I was like, I have, I have got to prove that I'm not a pussy now that yeah, I'm Yeah, that it's not just alcohol and drugs. It's Steve-O right, still. Right, right. Like, yeah. oh, now Steve-O, so pussy Steve-O, sober, mm. the sober guy. Like, you know, mm. and I was just, I, I had such a chip on my shoulder to, 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 but at the same time, I wanted to prove that I wasn't a pussy. I was also like, I remember going into that third movie. It was the first time I ever asked, uh, hey, so what happens if somebody gets like really injured or dies? Yes. <laughs> you know, I had never asked that before. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I was told that um, standard California workman's comp laws apply. Like they'll cover your bills or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, you know. Um, and I remember my, my attitude going into that third movie was that like, hey, you know, I'm down for whatever except I've come this far, I've survived this long, that now like I just don't have a sense of humor for winding up in a wheelchair or dead. Dead, yeah. Mm. And I said like, if I perceive like a real legitimate risk of paralysis or death, then I'm just not doing it because that's not worth it to me. Yeah. But barring those concerns, as if those are not issues for concern, then I'm in 
for whatever it is. Mm. And it's surprising how much that that takes off the table. Yeah, know? I was going to say to you, like, what have you actually had to say, nah, I'm not doing that? I mean, I've never been down for bulls and kind of for the same yeah. reason, right? Knoxville so loves like, them, doesn't he? Dude, I don't <laughs> get it. Fetish for him. I don't get it, <laughs> oh, you know? He's but, a crow, yeah. But yeah, like, um, th- th- you know, I didn't back out of anything on that third movie. You know, yep. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think that there's one damn thing that I backed out of and I never would have had anything to do with bulls anyway. So do you think that was a, the most memorable movie for you because you were sober and you had a point to sort of prove? Or no, I mean the, the best movie and the most memorable by far is the second one. Yeah. Like the first movie felt kind of, I mean, amateurish and that was its appeal but clearly on that first movie we were still just sort of figuring out what we were doing Mm. and we hadn't like mastered it yet i think on that by the time the second movie came we knew exactly what we were doing and we had just dialed it in we had mastered it the production everything we were still like you know, at the beginning of our 30s, you know, like maybe, like I was, I turned 35. Oh, wait, no, I turned 35 on the fucking fourth movie. Going into the, I turned 36 on the fourth movie. So we were like still basically young dudes. You know, drugs and alcohol had not turned around and bit us. We were still getting away with it. It was, that second movie was the heyday. It was like we had like like the fucking 1980s for Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. That movie was we, we were in our fucking heyday. Yeah. Sex and drugs and rock and roll <laughs> was the order of business, and we fucking did it proudly, and we got away with it. We took our biggest risks, like the heaviest, gnarliest, life-threatening stuff, <laughs> and everything sick. just worked on that second movie. That movie was a damn masterpiece. Man, did you? Does that bring you really close together with your whole crew? Like, as in, if you're pulling that stuff up together, like, are you really good mates, the crew? Like, or is it sort of like I a mean, working relationship? Th- 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 I mean, there's clear camaraderie among us. You know, um, the chemistry is just something special between us. Um, like, when, when, whenever we've not been filming a jackass, you know movie or, or, or shows like we, we don't call every day we don't hang out all the time yeah. you know like we're always in touch and it's always cool but like you know the, 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 and it's good because we don't get burned out on you know on each other yeah but yeah it's a rad thing so it'll be like exciting to see each other sort of thing when you come to film dude, and when we get together to shoot it's just <laughs> automatic it's automatic and then on the on that, that I made it clear. That second movie was mm. was it. That yeah. was it. I mean, that movie was fucking badass. I that was the Portaloo one, eh? Was, no, that, that was, was the third, third one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the third. The, the, the second movie was the the fish, fish hook. hook. Oh my god! Oh, holy fuck, man! That would. It, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, that second movie, and then um, oh. and then I got sober. So the third movie. The third movie was by far the most commercially successful. Yeah. I don't think, I, mean, I don't watch these things, so I, mean, I haven't seen it since it came out, but the third movie, as successful as it was financially, I don't think it came anywhere near the second movie. That's just me. Yeah. But also, because I was 
newly sober, there was something compelling about seeing me like so uncomfortable, but like when you get sober, if you're like a really gnarly alcoholic drug addict, like when you get into recovery, like the, it is a slow process, man. You don't just, mm. you know, like there's a, I was afraid. I was like exposed and vulnerable. I had not found my voice. I was so palpably uncomfortable in my own skin on that third movie. Yeah, right. That it's just like, it's just for me uncomfortable. Mm. And then 10 years go by and, I, and I've been doing stand up the whole time and I'm like, I've found my voice. On that fourth movie, while I wouldn't even insult anybody by suggesting it was anywhere near the best, I, when I watched it, was just so stoked to have seen the way that I personally blossomed. Involved. Like, yeah. you could see that I was just comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, that would have been like, good for you. Comfortable. I used to be on, on set, like, I would be, like, scared of, like, throwing out, like, you know, uh, lines like you know improving dialogue oh, right, because i yeah. would be like so scared of uh the guys making fun of me it not working you know yeah. i was like just so intimidated by the whole ordeal and that wasn't like that anymore in the fourth movie yeah no that's, that's cool, cool man when you were touring with the lads who was the biggest pest like was there anyone oh, who me. you tried 100 <laughs> yeah. percent me yeah right <laughs> yeah i was the worst <laughs> So I mean, I've only come so far, dude. You can tell I'm still a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, as in, would you always fuck with each other, like, behind the scenes and stuff uh -huh. like that? Or what? how did it sort of work like I that? mean, we've got enough respect that you don't fuck with somebody unless it's on camera. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, like, that's just... Yeah. Fucking, you know, you're going to, like, not... At, at least get some content out of it. Yeah, if you're gonna... for sure. It's always, that's always been the case. Yeah. I think that, like, from back in the day, everybody was... Like, you know, when, it, when it's on, it's on, and, mm. and you're hot. But, like, all the other guys had the ability that, like, at the end of the day, once we, you know, turn off the cameras, like, everybody would be able to, you know, kind of be done. Yeah. And like, unless once we start drinking and everybody's peeing in each other's Just drinks, drinks yeah. and, you know, all that, and with, you know, that's a little different. But I was the one guy who had no ability to turn it off ever. Yeah. I couldn't, you know. <laughs> your, pain, your pain tolerance, mate. Yeah. Nah, and, and, nah, this yeah. is such a, a misconception, and I say this all the time that See, I, I, I don't have any special pain tolerance. I'm just that much of an attention whore. <laughs> I right. literally, my, my desire for attention outweighs my desire for physical comfort. Well, there you go. So you're an attention whore, not a pain whore. Yeah, and I'm not an adrenaline junkie by any stretch. Oh, like, really? I'm fucking terrified of roller coasters. Like, I won't go on a roller coaster. But you'll put a fucking hook through your lips. <laughs> <and> <laughs> show right. I mean, I'll get, it, I'll get it done for the footage, you know. Mate, How's Poopy's hand from the oh last thing? Oh, my God, dude. What a good question, man. I, it, like, I, he's posting photos of himself surfing, like, really getting pitted properly. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, the, the litmus test. Like, the, mm. the one fucking thing Poopies cares about is surfing. And if yeah. he's getting pitted, then his hand that's is good. okay enough. Yeah. But I don't, his hand will never be what it was. Nah. Yeah. That, it's, yeah, gnar it's gnarly. Yeah. It's really fucking gnarly. It's pretty crazy to think that you're sitting here like you are now. Yeah. Like, as in, without any sort of... I'm, I'm in... Like all things considered, I'm in unbelievably good shape. What's what's you reckon the most um, 
influential injury, I suppose, that you've got. The most debilitating. Yeah, like that like, you've got uh, through your career. It, it, it's in my, my neck, my spine. I can kind of feel it like even a little further down from my neck, but I have a, it's, it's called um, de- degenerative disc disease, which is like super common for like circus acrobats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I believe that if in my neck, that like from being a kid and all through life, like headbanging, it was oh, like, yeah, yeah. I look at these like metal bands, like, you know, like for performing for decades and decades and they're headbanging. I'm like, oh my God, your neck, don't do that. But that's like, like the worst thing. Yeah, right. So it's pretty crazy that that injury didn't even come from a stunt like that you did. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure, like, throwing myself around, yeah, like, with the, the You're like the a discs. female porn star injury as well, I think. <laughs> a female <laughs> player, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Mate, um, life after Jackass, with your podcast and everything. Yeah. Like, how did that all come about? And have you been loving that? Steve-O, wild ride. I've been been loving it so much, man. Like, um, the two big things, the two big things that that changed everything for me, even though it changed very fucking slowly with stand-up comedy. You know, I, I had to tour comedy clubs for 11 years before I had gained enough traction with it to perform in a theater, yeah, like okay. a proper theater, you know? And now, like, I've made that leap, and that is a, like, where comedy club, where the a comedy club act kind of maxes out, and where a theater act begins, begins yeah. there's a fucking big old gap between those two things. Yeah. To make the leap from comedy club to theater is a large gap to traverse, yeah. and I, it took me 11 years to do that. Um, the other thing, and I, and I started touring doing stand-up in comedy clubs in 2010. The other thing that changed everything, and even more dramatically, was getting involved in YouTube, mm-hmm. which I did in 2013. And I had made it 13 years from Jackass starting in year 2000 to 2013. 13 years of being like a bona fide, like, public profile, you know, public personality and I, and I was only ever like on camera talent. I never had the ability to edit my own content. Yep. And in 2013, for the very first time, I learned how to edit on a computer. Yep. And I started my own YouTube channel, started putting up my own content and that absolutely changed everything in would, such yeah. a massive way. You would have uh, enjoyed having people look at what you wanted you to look like too, wouldn't you? Well, like, right, yeah. And and I remember too, it was the same year, 2013, that, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I'm not gonna, you know, I, even though I was only in comedy clubs, I was fucking relentless, man. I was yeah. relentlessly performing in comedy clubs. And I was making a good living from that, you know? Like, yeah. I like, and this guy, um, he was a manager, he uh, he he asked to take a meeting, at saying that uh, he could really get my career to the next level. Yeah. So I go into this meeting with this guy. And I sit down, and he says, "Dude, it's all about the digital space. You gotta have a YouTube channel. You gotta have a podcast. You gotta be cranking on social media." And he's like, "Dude, you know." And I was like, "Okay." So we talked about it a little more, and it became clear to me that what this guy was telling me was that. I needed to be making all of this content for digital. I needed to be producing all this content and I needed to be posting it online. 
at no point did this asshole ever s- even hint at something that he would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay. consulting for you. Right. So, so I remember just thinking, wow, this guy wants to take 10% of my touring. <laughs> like, uh, and, you know, for, for suggesting that I start making content. Yeah. But keep in mind, at that time, 2013, I mean, YouTube was started like the pranks were huge there were certain people that were like really coming up but youtube personalities were not viewed as like legitimate celebrities you know like there was and 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 i had this like holier than thou fucking self-important idea that like when this guy's telling me make a youtube i was like hulk I was just kind of like turning my nose up at it. Like, dude, like I've been in like multiple number one at the box office theatrical movie release, like number one worldwide movies. I've had multiple TV shows like that there were hits that had my name Steve-O in the title. Like I'm a bona fide TV and film star. I'm not going to turn around and... Upload a YouTube video. Yeah. That's fucking embarrassing. Like that's been that was my attitude about it. And I remember thinking while well, walking, that was my attitude when I walked out. But then not long after that, there was this one guy, and he was the one fucking guy when I got clean and sober who I had who had actually hurt that I had to cut ties with. Like anybody, all of your you find out who your friends are when you get sober. Yeah. And anybody who's still getting loaded, like, and that's what it's all about, they just fall away because you're not fun for them anymore. Yeah. And, the, and, and if people legitimately, if you have a legitimate reason to be a continuing relationship with people and they understand how important sobriety is, then you keep that relationship. Yeah. But there was this one guy, all we did was get loaded. We'd make videos, and, you know, and I was like, I just can't fucking, I had to cut him off. Yeah. Mm. But then after I took that meeting with that manager guy, all of a sudden, this this dude reaches out. He goes, "Hey man, I I, I didn't want to hit you up until it like until it, was, it would mean something, but I've been clean and sober for six months now." Oh no! Yeah. And I'm like, "No way, Rad. Let's link up, you know." So I reconnect with that bro, and he says, "Dude, you got to get on YouTube. I'm fucking killing it." Like, like, uh, like managing content. I'm the pr- supervising producer for this MCN Maker Studios, and dude, like, it's it's real. And he's the one who sat me down and fucking taught me how to edit. Yeah, he went yeah. out there and he held the camera and filmed my first YouTube video and just sat there and tutored me in editing. Like he handed me my career. You yeah. know, his name's Sam Macaroni, and now he's a bona fide fucking. Now, now he's back to like being too big for YouTube because he's, he's doing like he's <laughs> directing movies for Netflix and shit now. There you go. You know, but like he handed me my career, and so I had these two separate deals. I got the stand-up comedy; it's just me and the microphone, and I've got the YouTube content where I'm creating content, and and co- like. I, I taped my first comedy special in 2015, and it came out in 2016. And that was just me and a microphone and what happened on stage. And the world was not interested in me and a microphone. Yeah. But I didn't let it stop me. On the second 
act, what would be my second special? As I put together that act, I'm like, now I'm telling the fucking craziest story. Because the first one was all just sex capades, like groupie sex stories. Yeah. They would have fucking loved that. Yeah. I've had a few of them. Right. And, and so, but as I put together the second one, now I'm like getting into my criminal record, just like the craziest shit that ever went down. Mm. And as I was putting that together, I thought, holy shit, the, the stories that I'm making this new show out of, like largely happened on video. So I could edit the video of the stories unfolding into, into the act. Yeah, right. And so I started recording my, my, uh, my performances, putting them into the computer, laying them in the timeline, and plugging in the interstitial footage to illustrate the stories. Yeah. And it was this crazy fucking, it worked. You know, yeah. It was a multimedia fucking comedy project. And I wasn't leaning on the video in my live performances. The performances were just me and a microphone, and I was b building that. But at home, I'm plugging it in. So I put out that second special, and it was like very original, like the first multimedia, like the the, comic, the comedians telling 100% true stories and backing it up with, with the receipts, the... edited it in. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, and so it was rad. And then I did my second special, and as I put together the third one, which is the tour I'm on now, I had two really strong feelings. Number one, I didn't want to live in the past anymore. Because I, mean, I was just dredging up like my glory days right, yeah. in, the, in the prior two specials. And that was depressing, man. I was like, I don't want to live in the fucking past anymore. I want to create new shit. Yep. And I've got like, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm a like video content creator. Yep. So I was like, I want to create new stories for stand-up, and I want to bring the video component on tour with me now. Yeah. And I want to fucking stick my middle finger up in the air at community guidelines on every goddamn platform. I'm going to do the most, the filthiest, most fucking triple X rated, I'm going to, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I called it the bucket list, and I've, I produced all of the bits, and the show itself is a journey through a list of forbidden fucking stunts. You know, like shit that would never be allowed on Jackass. Shit that's fucking so illegal. Like I've got medical professionals fucking shooting drugs into my spinal cavity to render me paralyzed while I'm in a full sprint through someone's backyard. You know, like... I'm riding a fucking bicycle while they're pumping general anesthesia into an IV in my arm. Like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking jacking off butt naked in an airplane with another man strapped to my back. Let's go. And fucking blowing a load simultaneously as I fall out of the airplane butt naked with another man strapped to my back. Stop that's, that's where the bar is at at this point. Fuck and uh, and the show, and that's what made the difference. Yeah. <clears throat> by by my world converged. Now these two worlds came together in one. Yeah. And all the rules are out the fucking window. I spent enough time in the comedy clubs developing the craft yep. that like what I'm doing on stage is in its own right merit. You know, it, it has its own merit. It's yeah. pretty cool that you can be there as well and experience other people watching what you've put together. Uh, like, fucking how cool is that? It's, 
It's so fucking original. It's so fucking unhinged. It's new as well. People are passing out in the fucking audience on a regular basis (laughs) because the shit is so fucked up. There's one video called the Vasectomy Olympics. Mm. And fucking dudes, we average a guy per show. Like, True. And the, the bad part is that, that when it's going to happen, a guy will feel like, <clears throat> like he needs fresh air. You know, he just, he just saw this. It's barely invasive. I can't believe what a pussy you have to be to fucking pass out over vasectomy footage. But it happens. And the guys feel like they need fresh air. And they're like, oh, man, I, don't, I don't feel quite right. I need fresh air. So they get up out of their seat and they walk out into the lobby and fucking pass the fuck out cold while they're on their feet and like fall down and that's dangerous. Yeah. So I beg people to stay in their fucking seats. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fucking excited to see it. Yeah, you guys got to see the show tonight. Yeah, I'm man. super stoked. Man, and uh, yeah, man, I did the first month. I'm back for another month here and then I'm yep. doing just a quick run through the UK. Yep. I haven't announced this on any level, but uh, in the UK, I'm going to be taping the Bucket List special. Oh, nice. So it's going to be my third comedy special taped in the UK. And then I'm going into production on uh, the the fourth show, which yeah, is cool. the Gone Too Far tour. Yeah, nice. So have you got a heap of stuff like in the bank for that uh, already? No, like... not in the bank. It's all like it's all writing stages. Yeah, now. I've yeah, got yeah. I've got it all mapped out, like what all the bits are. Yep. The Gone Too Far tour, and dude, like I, I'm trying to make the most clever, like I mean, it's gonna be a whole show about me confronting. Mid, my midlife crisis, you know, like middle yeah. and like how I'm aging, like how my body is, is holding up, like yeah. how I'm dealing with becoming and fucking an aging, like old attention whore. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and uh, I'm just lashing out at father time. Mm, That's yeah, the whole yeah. next show. I'm lashing out at father time. I got fucking dimples under my new man tits. Mm. <laughs> You know, like our bodies, as as men in middle age, our bodies just fucking start deteriorating. Yeah, yeah. I got fucking man titties now, mm. and I'm lashing out. Yeah, yeah, and good getting shit. fucking double D breast implants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past you. I mean, that this morning I had a little bit of a panic attack over my plans to get a boob job. I was like. Fuck, man. Hopefully what happened to Bud Light doesn't That's happen. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get all those Bud Lights, but anything can happen. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not looking. I'm trying to I'm trying to move from theaters into arenas well, now. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You just say, hey, hey, I'm still a bloke. I've just got tits. <laughs> I know. I, I, we'll see what happens, man. Like, uh, uh, when, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm pretty good about going through it. Then, yeah, so yeah. I, th- that, that ship has sailed. It's going to happen. Yeah. Like, how's that? Um, how's the van set up? We've looked at daughter, yeah, I love daughter, it, man. Just to get on the road, we definitely mm. we, something we want to do. I can't believe that I'm like. I mean, I'm sure there are other people that have mobile mobile studios, but like making that the whole vibe, the yep. whole gimmick, like dude, and it works well. Smartest thing I ever did. Yeah, yep. man, it's it would be a good idea. The only one reason I did it that way is because I've so dreaded the fucking idea of hitting up my famous friends and be like, "Hey, will you do my podcast?" Asking anybody that. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. I was so bummed. I was like, because people asking me is the most annoying thing. Like, no, mm. I don't want to do a fucking podcast. Yeah. So yeah. like. 
now I'm going to, I had to jump on the bandwagon. Like yeah. that manager guy said, it's all about the digital space. You got to yeah, fucking yeah. have a podcast. Yeah. And so nice. when I, so I was like, man, I fuck, that was something I really resisted. I did not want to ask people to do my fucking podcast. So the one compromise I could make, which made it like less fucking annoying was let me tell the people I'm asking, hey, I'll make it so fucking easy. I'll bring the studio to you. Yeah, Wherever and whenever is most convenient for you, I will bring it to you at that most convenient time and place. Yeah, and that's... we'll be ready. You jump in, boom, you jump out, we're done. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that like, that's a huge advantage when it comes to booking. Oh, and it would be, man. And it's the wild ride podcast. Hop in my ride, you know. Yep. We'll have a wild time. It's pretty rad, dude. Yeah, I think we're definitely looking at doing like obviously starting from just giving it a go, and then it building and building. And we sort of had the gear. I think the bigger I mean, dude, we get, I think yeah, investing in something like that and just having a fun thing about it, yeah. like you know, designing. And you can do more content on the road, like yeah, for sure. Especially you know, I think that was the one time where I've really interrupted, and uh, otherwise, every it's all been smooth. I'm trying to get better about that on my podcast. Like I fucking, oh man, you're I interrupt you. all the time. <laughs> but before we started recording, you were telling me about how you guys have guests sometimes, but you don't want to be obligated to have a guest, so you'll do it with no guest. And then yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, they got a guest this week. Cool. Mm. And you said we have to do it that way because we live in Gladstone, mm. yep. right? Like, well, if you get the fucking mobile podcast studio, then it's fucking road trip time. It's like, who are we going to go knock out in fucking <laughs> Brisbane? Yeah. You know, yeah, let's go right. fucking take it to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, I say fucking like, now the Melbourne. And, <laughs> and, and you, can, you, can, you can literally just yeah. make road trips, bank episodes... Yeah, and fucking come home and just be set for however long. Man, I think you'll find if you keep an eye out in the next year or so, we should uh, we should make it happen. Yeah, dude, yeah. for sure, man. Hey, mate, it's been unreal fucking talking to you, bro. I yeah, can't wait dude. to see this. Just one question before sure. before we go, man. What would you want to be remembered for in years to come? Like way down the track, what do you I want Steve O remembered for? It, this was something that was always so important to me. And it's, it's basically like, it's kind of the premise for my Gone Too Far show. Yep. Like as I'm writing it out, like the, the, the premise, it's not just like aging. And I'm not even gonna start out with like the, like the deterioration of my body. I'm starting out with like just the fucking sobering, fucked up reality of the human experience that we have one instinct, which is to survive and one guarantee, which is we won't. Yeah. We're not going to survive. And that's all that matters to us. So we're fucked by definition. And we're the only living creature that can hypothetically contemplate its own mortality outside of the present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can't be any other living organism and fear death because you're like locked into the present. Yeah. Yeah. We're not locked into the present. So we're terrified as fuck of dying. And like, and it's not cool. So in the human experience, there's basically one task at hand, which is to wrap your head around your fucking mortality. And there are three like distinct ways that people do that. Number one is they turn to religion. 
the only fucking purpose for religion is to try to wrap your head around the fact that you're going to be fucking dead and you hate that. Mm. So religion's okay. job is to promise you that that, that everything's going to be cool because you're going to be in heaven. There's a chance of a null off, yeah. You know, like, yeah. you're going to be in heaven, everything's going to be cool. Oh, okay, cool. So now I can, I can deal with that. Religion helps people deal with the fact they're going to be fucking dead and they hate that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then the second way is, is reproduction. People have kids, the family jewels, my line's going to live on. Like, I'll be dead, but, like, my legacy will be in my children. So I won't really be dead because I, because I fucking procreated. Yeah. I don't want anything to fucking do with having kids. I've never fucking been able to swallow the bullshit fucking religion crap. Mm, and, and so then there's the third. The third bucket is like leaving behind a legacy, whether it's like cavemen, cavemen drawing stick figures. Those fucking cavemen were every bit as afraid of fucking dying as we are, and they were like, God damn it, I'm going to be dead, but this fucking stick figure is going <laughs> to still be here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, and for me, it was the video camera. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be dead. That fucking sucks, but the footage I'm filming is forever, and that's my way of cheating death. And... That's why, like, what I was doing with the video camera, like, it was 100%, like, lashing out at death. You know, the first things I ever filmed was, like, dangling off of, like, 12th floor balcony railings. Yeah. And letting go, dropping onto the 11th floor. It was like, I'm going to make it look like I'm going to die. I could die because, like, fuck dying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, and, and I, this was so important to me. So to get back to your question, what do I want to be remembered for? In the beginning, like, all I cared was that I was remembered. I never thought I was going to, like, be discovered. I thought I was videotaping so that I could be discovered after I died because I was going to fail at life so bad. So I was, like, packing my message in the bottle. Then, like, I got discovered and, like, jackass was going on. When I made my first Too Hot for TV DVD, which... Uh, came out slightly before the first Jackass movie. Like, there were these <clears throat> shots strung through, like, these sort of moments of, of contemplation, like, kind of a linear, like, it was like a running thing. Like, like they'd be stunt, stunt, and I'm in the car, so I say something, stunt. One of the things I said in the car, which was in that first video, one of my moments of contemplation, I... And, and, and all of these things that were filmed in the car were filmed as I was driving from Florida to California when Jackass first came out. Yeah. I told Jeff Tremaine, yo, I'm, like, when I get paid for the second season, I'm, that, that check's not even going to clear into my bank account. I'm driving to L.A. He says, you're not driving anywhere until you give me a list of ideas for every single state between Florida and California. And if you have an idea for every state, then I'll fly out a crew to follow you across country. Yeah. So I came up with the list, and he flew out the crew, and it was Dimitri sitting in the car with me, yep. and he would just turn on the camera and get these candid moments. And the, I remember one of them I said, I said, uh, you know, dude, no matter how late in your life you decide to be saved by Jesus, like, you're fine, you know? So yeah. I'm just gonna wait. Maybe Jesus can save me later. <laughs> And for now, I'm all about Satan. <laughs> and it was like this rad, like, candid moment, you know? And then there was another one where I, I said, uh, I said, you know, people ask me why I do all this stupid shit, and it's such a simple answer. I don't like work, 
and I don't like school. Yep. And I want to be remembered forever, dude. <laughs> you know? Like that way of cheating death, like to be like immortalized yep. by the permanence of video was what I lived for and it was what I was all about. And now like, what do I want to be remembered for? I mean, now I think I'm just more, I just put out my second book and, and I, I, I really touch on this in that book. I'm like, realistically, how many people endure, like, how many people who were alive 200 years ago yeah. are, are still a household name? Not a lot, man. Not, Not a, lot. a lot. And I even break it down. I'm like, I okay. think you'd be pretty safe, mate. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, you know, but even no matter what, it's just t today it, it seems a little bit silly to me to be so hyper-concerned about how I'm remembered. Yeah. And I think that my, my, my priorities are shifting to be less concerned with what happens after I die, more concerned with just kind of being happy while I'm still alive. Yeah. And like, if, if there's a legacy to leave behind, like, you know, I, my girl and I want to open up an animal sanctuary. And if we could structure that such that it's a self-sustaining operation yep. that can outlive me, that's a way more worthy cause than, you know, yeah. fucking Fuck. stapling my balls to my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That's a fucking great answer. I love that. Yeah, dudes. All right, man. man yeah, so, mate, thanks very much for taking the time to sit with us yeah. today. I really appreciate it. And anyone who's fucking in Australia where Steve-O's going next, make sure you go and check out his show and fucking get around him. Yeah, dude. Steve-O.com is where everything lives. I got the Wild Ride podcast, my YouTube channel. I got Steve-O's hot sauce for your butthole. <laughs> like, uh, and then I've got the insanely hot Steve-O's butthole destroyer hot sauce. What's like your I, second book you brought out? What's the title of that? Uh, it's called A Hard Kick in the Nuts. Yep. yep. What I've learned from a lifetime of terrible decisions. Where's that available? Is it audiobook uh, as well? Or? Oh, yeah, audiobook for yep. sure. It's rad, man. I got snubbed by the New York Times list. I don't know, maybe because it's called A Hard <laughs> Kick in the Nuts. <laughs> but I sold uh, enough copies that should have been on there. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll check that fucking out. Assholes. Fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> well, good shit, man. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Everyone remember to stay out of each other. <laughs> All right, dudes. Right on, man. Call them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 